Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. I'm Brian McCullough. This week had a lot of health tech news in it. And a lot of those stories were broken by CNBC's health tech reporter, Christina Farr. So I reached out to Christina to chat this week, and we discussed Amazon getting into healthcare, possibly even getting into health insurance, what Apple's health strategy is, where health tech might go beyond wearables, and how the healthcare industry is responding to Silicon Valley suddenly invading its turf. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor. This bonus episode is being brought to you by Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. You know you can use Squarespace to turn your cool idea into a business, showcase your work, blog, or even sell products, but they also have some cool new features. Say more, sell more, stand out in any inbox with Squarespace's email campaigns. Squarespace's all-in-one platform makes it easy to unify your brand voice from your homepage to your emails. The emails are consistent from your website to someone's inbox. There are powerful editing tools and customizable layouts for any message, just like Squarespace's world-class website templates. And there's even mobile editing so you can send anytime, anywhere. Check out the new email campaigns by going to squarespace.com listen for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code listen to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain squarespace.com forward slash listen and promo code listen at checkout. All right, let's talk healthcare tech with CNBC's Christina Farr. Thanks for having me. Let's get started uh, with Amazon. Um, The whole healthcare sector seems to be bracing for them to get into this space in a big way. But but when we say that, are we imagining that this is going to happen this year, or is this something that is going to be happening over the next several years? That's a really interesting question, um, and I totally agree with you. Um, there's definitely a lot of fear and anxiety within the healthcare industry right now of just what Amazon could do. I, I even saw some comments today from the CEO of, of CVS, who hilariously talked about how they could do anything Amazon and could, including delivery of, of medication by drones, um, which is just a, a really funny thought. Um but yes, yeah, so um, good question on timing. Um, you know, it could be it could be a very quick approach. Um, it depends on what Amazon decides to do first. If they, for instance, if they um, decided that they wanted to tackle a market of people that increasingly are paying cash for their medicines, they could get into the whole supply chain very quickly through this pill pack acquisition that they made last year. Um, but if they want to start working with the incumbents, with um, a group of companies called pharmacy benefits managers, with insurers, I think it'll be much longer before they can do anything very meaningful. Right, because the the obvious 
vector here is is just pure retail you know selling prescription medications and the like um but is there do we get a sense that amazon has like a, a deeper goal like a, a more ambitious uh strategy for healthcare? i honestly think the, the sky's the limit for them um i could definitely see them saying well why don't we form our own insurance company and um and pbm or pharmacy benefits manager offering um that would be a very big move into the industry and and it's totally plausible i mean they can start with their own employee population now they also have access to um, more employees through this partnership with berkshire hathaway and jp morgan and from there they could kind of move on to the to the rest of the industry um through the other large self-insured employers i would assume um so that's one route for them or they could decide that they don't really want to do very much at all, except for uh, continue to sell over-the-counter type um, pills, which they already do, and, and other products, and um, try to get Alexa to be more of a health and wellness-focused device. Um, so I think that's kind of a, the least that they would they would do. Um, but I do I think something more ambitious has to come from Amazon. This is not a company that tends to do things just a little bit. Right. Well, you mentioned Alexa and, you know, CES just happened and it was all about, you know, smart gadgets and, and assistance and things like that. So that's an, that's another interesting vector here is the whole Alexa platform, how it can play into this as well. I mean, again, obviously they want you to buy things uh, using the, the smart speaker. But I mean, are we, when we're talking ambition, are we also talking ambition like smart Every like smart home diagnostics and testing for diseases at home too. Do we think that they've got their eye on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually did report that um, prior to buying PillPack, the um, pharmacy delivery company, they were in talks to look at some diagnostics companies that do um, at home tests for basic things. Um, and that would have fit into a really interesting strategy. Um, you know, they so imagine you got an Alexa home speaker, and they filed a patent for um, Alexa to pick up on on cough. So you're you're coughing in your home, and Alexa turns on, and there's some way that through Alexa you can communicate with the physician about the fact that you're having this horrible cough. And, you know, perhaps they even then send something to your home where you can do a basic test. If the results come back immediately and they're positive, then, you know, through this whole system, you could have a prescription sent to your home. And really, I mean, I think that that is a vision for healthcare that means you do not even need to leave your home to access at least basic primary care services. I do think that's that's very plausible that that Amazon has a, a vision like that, um, and it's it's totally doable. Well, and then you you did already mention that sort of um, whatever uh, partnership it is with J.P. Morgan and Berkshire Hathaway. So health health insurance obviously is a whole nother kettle of fish. Everything in healthcare is complicated in terms of, you know, regulations and things like that. But so that was interesting what you said that the, the obvious way for them to dip their toe in that water is to just begin with their own employees, learn what they can from that and then expand outward. Is that what we think they might be trying? Uh, absolutely. And um, I was really interested to learn. And I also reported that they've they've got um, they've decided to do a primary care clinic for their own employees. So they're actually going to get into the business of providing medical care if that plan rolls out. Um, so they would learn a lot from that. 
um, just in treating their own employee population. You could also use that as a space to potentially test devices and different medical software, um, all of which they've expressed interest in. So I think, you know, they will certainly do that with their own employees. And then they may start thinking in very innovative ways when it comes to health benefits. Um, They could also try to offer things that are different than um, what their sort of insurance company that manages that population would would traditionally do. And they have said, you know, with with the other two uh, companies that they're working with, that they want to improve healthcare quality while lowering costs. And I think the key to that is technology. Do we um, do we know who the key executives are inside of Amazon that might be driving this push into healthcare? Like, has there been any key hires from, say, insurance companies or pharma or something like that that we're aware of? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've been, you know, they've hired people, they've hired physicians, they've hired um, people like Missy Krasner, who, um, a healthcare investor who went on to run all the health initiatives at Box. Um, they've hired people out of insurance companies. They've been in talks with hiring people out of um, pharmacy and the pharma space. Um, I would guess that there are in the realm of dozens of people now with a healthcare background who work at Amazon. And they're across all sorts of different teams. I don't, unlike some of the other tech companies, I don't see there being a very centralized strategy at Amazon of, of one person who's leading healthcare and telling everyone else what to do. I think right now they've got lots of different groups who all have uh, a different mandate within the space. And I think that will actually help them move more quickly. Um, so that, that's a typical approach that Amazon employs when it's looking into a new area. Uh, let's let's jump over to Apple because um, we're recording this on Wednesday. You broke the news this morning that um, sources are telling you that Apple is in talks with private Medicare plans about subsidizing uh, the Apple Watch and bringing it to more at-risk seniors. They've done deals like that with with other insurance companies before. Um, the when when we talk about Apple moving into healthcare, do they do you think that they look at health features as something more than just a cool feature that will help sell additional watches and lock people into the ecosystem. Do you think that they're actually, again, envisioning a meaningful standalone business here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I'm still grappling with. Um, there's, I'm sure there are some people within Apple who see it really as just a way to sell more devices. Um, but at the very high levels among the executive team, I do sense a very real passion for the space. Um, Jeff Williams, the company's COO, is the one who's really been leading the charge. And you see him out there saying, you know, we think that people should be empowered to have access to their health data, which is a, which is an important statement. Um, and I think, you know, some of the things they've been doing around their sort of health record service on the iPhone where you can get all your charts and your labs and so on, you know, that feels like a, a passion project um, from where I sit. And then going all the way back to then, you know, the, the former late CEO, Steve Jobs, who um, was very sick in the last years of his life. And everything I've learned about him during that period is that he became very passionate about health healthcare saw a lot of opportunities to improve it. And having spent his life dedicated to consumer experience and then to have to have um, this this uh, chapter of, of being, you know, very much involved in healthcare and seeing that, you know, really the, the consumer experience is no one's priority. Uh, I think that was a real wake-up call for him. Um, and that kind of set the train in motion for Apple, you know, both to see the business case here, but then also the reason to do it for um, just, you know, the good of mankind. Um, 
on the gadget front, you know, again, mentioning CES and there was a lot of wearables and, and, and things like that uh, debuting. Um, is it from the hardware and gadget site? Is it all about wearables? Like, I think I, I read, uh, you know, you think that blood pressure trackers are coming soon. Is, is that is that the interesting space in terms of hardware for the next 18 months or so? Absolutely. Um, so within the, the biomedical space, there are two holy grail opportunities that people talk about a lot. One of them is non-invasive and continuous blood pressure. And the other one is uh, is blood glucose or blood sugar. Um, and Apple and all the other companies are, are all looking at these. Um, you know, Apple's been working on um, blood sugar, you know, I've, I've learned for a number of years. Um, and I think that would actually catapult these devices from just kind of wellness, kind of entertainment uh, products to must-have tools for people with chronic disease. Um, because just imagine that, you know, for instance, blood pressure. We've never been able to really track blood pressure when you're asleep, which is a really important time, especially if you have hypertension. Um, and the reason for that is because all we have is, an, is a cuff that inflates. And can you imagine that just inflating every 20 minutes when you're trying to sleep? So, you know, a device like this that can do it in a way that wouldn't bother you, where it's, it's fairly continuous, um, I think that's, you know, we haven't even begun to imagine what the implications are for that. Um, it would be a very big deal if anyone could achieve it. Um, is there, beyond wearables, is there something more, um, I don't know, maybe the word is invasive or something? Like, in terms of actual hardware tech, are, like, uh, how far away are we from, you know, putting smart bots and stuff into our bloodstream and things like that? <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully not too soon. That kind of thing freaks me out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, there, are, there have been people talking about this for a long time. Um, you know, maybe you know, one, of the, one of the sort of themes that's popped up around wearables is they, I think it was Sunny Vu from Misfit who famously said they either need to be beautiful or invisible. And um, so people have talked about tattoos and things that you can swallow um, that uh, could track, um, you know, your all kinds of different things. Um, one of the use cases that people have talked about is just making sure that people are taking their medicines and maybe there's a way to use uh, a wearable that's quite invasive to do something like that. Um, to me, that, that seems more in the realm of, of science fiction and um, I'm just not sure who exactly that would help and why it would be used um, beyond being kind of an interesting biohacking experiment. Um, we haven't talked about um, another big player here, uh, from the tech world, uh, which is Alphabet, and you know their uh, verily, uh, you know big bet arm or whatever, however they describe those sorts of things. They they just um, got a huge, I think, a almost billion dollar outside investment infusion. Um, where where is Alphabet trying to play in this space? Yeah, I mean Alphabet also has massive designs um, for healthcare, and similarly to Amazon, it has teams scattered everywhere across the organization, from this brain group that's looking at machine learning to Verily, which is basically their um, life sciences R and D group, um, and many others. Um, so I think this this recent hire, um, a hospital CEO called David Feinberg who's going to come into Google. I think the idea behind that is they want to consolidate a lot of these different teams and really figure out a strategy for where they, what they want to do and, um, and how should they be using their resources most effectively. Um, Verily, as you pointed out, just raised a lot of money um, from Silver Lake. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Verily became a bit more independent from the, the mothership. And I think they did imply that in the press release that they, the money will give them more flexibility, more options. 
Um, so I, I could see them kind of being operating a bit more kind of to the sidelines um, while Google proper defines a strategy under one singular leader with a with a strong vision for what the company could do. Uh, final question. Uh, I, I've been asking you all these questions about tech getting deeper into healthcare. Uh, but what about the existing players, you know, big pharma, insurance companies? Um, what about them in the sense, it's sort of like when, when tech started getting into uh, transportation and self-driving cars and EV, you know, uh, the big three, Detroit had to respond with their own plans and they have. Um, is a similar thing happening to the existing players, the legacy players, these huge players in this huge industry as as the tech guys are trying to come play on their turf? It's it's absolutely what's happening. And uh, last week I was at a big healthcare conference, the J.P. Morgan conference, and everyone was talking about uh, the patient experience, the customer experience, using digital tools to engage. I mean, this was just not a topic that anyone particularly cared about a decade ago. Um, so I think they, you know, even just the the faint whisper of potential disruption from a technology player is is forcing these incumbents to react. And you're seeing massive consolidation now across the industry with insurance companies teaming up with pharmacy benefits managers and, um, and so on. And I think, you know, that for them is a way to sort of protect um, their, their margins. Um, and you will continue to see them react with their own plans to um, make sure that a company like Amazon or Google can't come along and, and do anything that, that might, you know, potentially thrust in their own bottom line. Um, so what I'm hoping is that this is all going to ultimately be good for, for consumers because what these tech companies are known for is, is really um, putting a focus on on the user experience. And we could really use that in healthcare, a space where, you know, no one knows what the how good their doctor is or how much anything costs. I think there's just plenty of room for improvement there. 